What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Fightful.com. This is December 3rd, 2021. We are live on YouTube.com slash Fightful. A few Twitter channels. Uh, not the regular Fightful Twitter channel, because for whatever reason, StreamYard doesn't want to hook that one up. But we're here for the post-Smackdown, post-AEW Rampage review. We've got Kate Hensler here. Kate, how you doing? I am doing well. It's so nice to have you back. I love TK Trinidad, but it is nice to have my usual pilot here. Oh, um, man. Oh, shucks. Gee golly. At WrestleCade. And so this is the first time I've seen you since Thanksgiving. I am thankful for you, Sean Ross. Oh, That's boy. How I'm doing. How are well, you? I'm good. I'm thankful for all you people that leave us a thumbs up that subscribe, that tap that bell for notifications, that do uh, any number of the things that help us out. We've got FightfulMag.com, Fightful Magazine, uh, where you guys can check out this great cover story on Darby Allen. You can get articles from Shaza McKenzie and Taylor Hendricks, articles on the return of Becky Lynch, Dominic Mysterio. Uh, I did a full interview with him. So make sure you guys check that out. That's not it on the plugs. We got this service called FightfulSelect.com. It is the leading wrestling newsbreaker. There is. We we told you guys what was going to open the show for SmackDown, what was going to main event the show. Uh, we had updates on Raquel Gonzalez working a dark match at SmackDown recently, an update on Zia Lee. So please subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Every week I do a Q&A over there. There's like seven or eight weekly shows. And Kate and Alex will be doing a special NXT War Games review over there. Denise and I will be doing the main one on Fightful.com, but we're going to keep the NXT team together. And uh, Kate, you guys are going to be doing a special edition over there. Yes, we are. So subscribe to Fightful Select so that you can watch along with us. And, you know, hypothetically, like if your card got a stoppage on it for fraud, just, you know, maybe double check that uh, that you're still subscribed to Fightful Select. Not that that happened to me. And I Did have it? to go do that. <laughs> okay, so this, like, we, we've had an issue this month specifically. A bunch of people who had their auto renew on didn't get auto renewed. So, That's uh, right. yeah, so guys, check it out. Maybe you didn't get renewed and we would appreciate it. If you did renew, so FightfulSelect.com, but that's not the only way you can support us. We have HumperChats.com. I know a lot of you listen to this show. Quite frankly, the majority of you don't listen uh, as we're live. You all listen after the fact at your own convenience. You got stuff to do at 11 p.m. at night on a Friday. What? We, yeah, we get that. So Where you can donate a HumperChat over at HumperChats.com, but we also encourage you guys to do that on the uh, live stream as well, because uh, that supports us a little bit more directly than YouTube, but you can send super chats as well. Um, uh, and I realized that in the live chat, I accidentally turned on uh, members only mode. I will fix that. My apologies. It was subscribers mode intended, but yeah, get in those super chats. Wow. Get in or those. Take a hint, guys. Get up to the subscription gimmick, or you're not allowed to talk to us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, Kate. So we're going to probably start by reviewing uh, AEW as per usual. And to me, this episode of AEW Rampage was one that Tony Nese needed. 
because there were a lot of people who did watch 205 Live that were like, yep, I get why they signed him. But there were a whole lot of people that were like, oh, he's he's another former WWE guy. What can he possibly add? Well, we saw what he could possibly add, Denise. Or I almost called you Denise again. Oh, God. Well, it's because I've seen her every Monday. Wow. I haven't seen you in yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Denise. Start calling me a step host and all. Muted. Anyway, Tony Nese had a great performance tonight, Kate. Wow. I was just saying how much I missed you. How <laughs> much I missed having you here. I take it all back. This was the Tony Nese that I've grown to know and love. And I think everybody else got to see it too. Just as you're saying, some really, really fun spots in this match. Um I didn't know like you could do a standing Spanish fly thing that Sammy Guevara did. That was awesome. Um, and I liked the, the, the go to hell, the GTH into the crab spot. I just thought it was such a, an innovative counter to the GTH. And I also don't feel like the GTH or the GTS need to necessarily be protected because it's not like the greatest finisher in the world. So I just really, appreciated a lot of the creative stuff that happened to this match as well as the technical execution this was a pro wrestling match this is what tony nice is so good at a great combination of being incredibly psychologically sound and having a lot of ring smarts as a veteran type um well just a showcase of athleticism here also just nice to see sammy Guevara defending his title with regularity yes. now that the inner circle stuff has seemed to settle a little bit at least with American Top Team, which I was very ready to end. So it's just nice to see the workhorse title being defended with regularity, in my opinion, and a great opener to the show. What a fantastic opener. And again, this is the spotlight that Tony Nese needed. This is the uh, this is the type of match that he needed. He didn't need to win. Uh, that, that's the benefit of, of the way that AEW books things is that Nice in a loss can look fine because he's taken on a top talent in the company in Sammy Guevara, one of the one of the four pillars, as they say. Uh, I wish there was a better crowd reaction for that 450. Um, that would that that would have made me happier. But uh, I, I thought that considering it was Nice and Nice came in very cold, despite how despite all the times that AEW tried to say one of the hottest free agents were like, well, listen, I like Tony Nice a lot in the ring. He's great in the ring. He is. He's a great free agent. But right now, Keith Lee is out there, and Ember Moon is out there, and Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. Like the the general public does not consider him as one of the hottest free agents out there. Um, so I think it's I think it's good that they had this kind of match that really highlighted what he could do. Uh, and Emily Cease for the ruckus. I always go unaligned like this. Says really? Tony Deppen versus Bandito is happening in a GCW ring right now. I literally do not give a shit about SmackDown. Rampage was fun though. Uh, bring me some tacos, Emily, please. That would be nice of you, uh, David. Uh, thank you for for joining. Uh, I, I'm sure a couple of you joined on accident because <laughs> I accidentally put it on members mode. Uh, Eloquent said, "Glad Tony Nice is hashtag all elite now." Kate, you know what somebody brought to my attention this week that I hadn't even really considered, and I'm going to poke around about. What? Diamante has not never had an all elite graphic. She's Is been that there. A tiered deal situation. I thought the graphic was for people that were like signed, 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 then, signed, like, signed, not on tiered deals. Uh, so not only does she not have a graphic, she's not on the roster page. Big Spole still is. 
but she's not on the roster page. She's been there for like a year and a half. So I'm going to poke around a little bit about that. And uh, working a I... ton on dark, like yeah, not on, on dynamite or rampage, but working her butt off on dark. So yeah. that's, that is interesting. Guys, if you're watching this video, please leave a thumbs up, share the video. Uh, it would mean an awful lot. Uh, it, it would just mean an awful lot. We got a whole bunch of interviews dropping this week. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez dropping on Saturday. How about that? We're talking more games, all kinds of cool stuff there. But I had a, a really good one with Caprice Coleman that I think you guys would really like, where we talk about him wrestling CM Punk early in his career, uh, ROH going on a hiatus, his appearances in WWE, TNA, Qatar Pro Wrestling. Uh, we uh, interviewed Fred Rosser, the former Darren Young, who talks about Vince McMahon, share all kinds of wild stuff. And then this week, we dropped the Inside NXT War Games feature. We have a video and a long-form feature uh, where we talk to Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Raquel Gonzalez, Tommaso Ciampa, Roderick Strong, uh, Alexander Wolf, and a lot more. So check that out, my friends. And if you're going to get inside on Fightful Select, you might as well watch the Select War Games post-show. I'm just saying. I love me some Sova says... Kylan King never got one either. Yeah, that's a little bit different, though. Like, she was, um, yeah, she was all over the place. Uh, she has been all over the place, rather. Uh, and somebody's saying that Big Swole was taken off the roster last time they looked. I'm looking at it right now, and unless it's like a cachet uh, version of the site, she's still sitting right there. Well, speaking of women's wrestling, Jade Cargill beat the crap out of Janai Kai, and I was very excited for people to see her. Uh, being Kai, and they did. They certainly did. Uh, they saw the long-lost cousin of Dakota Kai, but um, <laughs> a unique look, but we didn't get to see much work uh, at, at all here. Chris Rain says, I love how they built up each TBS title tournament. The foundation for multiple storylines is being built up. I agree. The TBS title tournament has been one of the better things to happen to the women's division because we've had multiple stories going on. I will say this every time. It does feel like the we don't want you to lose, but don't want Britt Baker to have to face you type of title right now. I, I would have preferred a tag title, but you know what? This has been almost irrefutably good for the division. Yeah, so I have said before on the show that I am a tournament mark, and part of the reason I'm a tournament mark is that it does so much more than just crown a winner if you're executing them properly. It can set up so many different storylines and it makes it feel like a sport because guess what? All sports have tournaments. So I love tournaments. My biggest complaint with the past tournaments outside from the way that they've split them on various platforms, I didn't like being on YouTube and Bleacher Report and TV, um, was that there weren't really any huge benefits storyline-wise outside of the winner. And even that, you saw Ryo Mizunami on our TV for like a, a cup of coffee, as they say, right? And then she went back to Japan. I know some of that just has to do with borders and, and things like that. But this has been so much more productive for the women's division in so many ways. Even just clarifying who the top of the card is and who the middle and the lower parts of the women's division are. This has been really wonderful for just doing that in general. But you're also seeing things like Sheeta and Serena Deeb getting some long-term stories. Obviously, Britt and Thunder Rosa being set up for the main title, the women's championship title, using this tournament as a way to kind of navigate there and also build out um, what's going on with Jamie Hayter and all of these things has helped fuel that picture too, which is pretty unique. So 
I really like the way that this tournament has elevated the women's division, has clarified who are your top competitors are and who more of your mid-card, lower-card competitors are as well. As far as this match goes, I was so excited about Janai Kai. I wish she had gotten a little bit of offense in because she's very young, very unique in the ring, and I think is going to be a force to be reckoned with someday. So I'm kind of getting sick of the Jade squash, which is why her as a potential champion concerns me because sure. I think that's very telling that she can't work a longer match with success yet, unfortunately. Usually on taped shows, too. Yeah, usually on taped stuff, and we're seeing the same thing every time. Charisma for days. I love her. Her look is incredible. She crushes it on Twitter. She's a lot of fun that way, but if it is going to be a Jade outcome here, I hope that she drops rather quickly because this is getting very, very one-dimensional very fast, and it just seems like every Rampage has a Jade squash in there at some point. I like that they picked someone who was a Thunder Rosa student, a Thunder Rosa disciple, and buddy, there's going to be a lot of them because she is one of the most influential women in wrestling, and she will become one of the most influential women in wrestling history. But having Thunder Rosa there on commentary, people just like her. They just like her. Uh, having Janai Kai be there, be the person that gets squashed in a few seconds. I know some people were like, well, I wish I would have saw some more of her. Well, this wasn't for her. It was for Jade. That's right. that's who this is for. It was there to make Jade, and it helped do that. And AEW's method, I really enjoy. It is you have more physically imposing people that get squashed. Like Cesar Bononi was getting squashed sometimes because they didn't have immediate plans for him. So they would have Mox or somebody like that beat the crap out of him, and it would look really, really good. It would look better than Ryback squishing some 130-pound guy. Like I, I think it's a, it's a good method to go especially with Janai being a student. Uh, Ryan Sullivan sent a Humper chat and said, despite knowing she wouldn't, I hope Janai uh, Kai would be given a real match, not a squash. Where do you stand on this? Uh, that's what enhancement talents are there to do. And unfortunately, I think because Jade is a little bit limited in the ring, that even if you are going to give someone like Janai Kai offense against a more established talent, Jade's not going to be that person right now. I think... If they know what she can do, you might get to see her do more. We certainly saw that with Willow Nightingale. She's getting a little bit more um, yeah. offense in as more work has come. So you hope that the long-term relationship is something that pays off for Janai and this isn't a, a one-time thing. It's just hard when you know what somebody's capable of to then watch them get squashed. But as far as what her job to do was today, it had to be that because of where Jade is right now in her career and the purpose of the match, truly. Mark says, I like Jade Cargill, but she is a problem for the division in the short term. So there are ways around this, and that's because this is a scripted show. They can make whatever up that they want. Like, she could beat up a referee or an official or something, and it could be ruled. She can't challenge for a title for six months. Like, there, like there can be punishments applied there within the context of the show that, that make it make sense. Eloquence says, Jade misses that pump kick kind of often. I just think that her and Janai were not on the same page with that pump kick because the bump was a bit late too. Uh, we've got Sawyer saying, I think for AEW's audience, Nice is a more appealing uh, potential signee than Braun or Bray, but I definitely think Ember would bring more to the roster. I don't know about Bray. Bray is kind of, uh, Bray's not a character for me, except for the the backwoods Wyatt family. I loved it, but he's, he is transcendent. Braun possibly, but I think people underestimate how well Braun could be used in an AEW that 
accentuates positives and hides negatives really, really well. We had a Jurassic Express promo and then an Elite promo backstage. It was announced that Rocky Romero and Chucky e. T will be taking on the Young Bucks, which I love. And we see Don Callis walking through the background with a phone. Isaiah Barry says, where do you see this phone call going, Kate? Uh, you know, I think there's a few interesting things here. One, I I want to pick your brain just in the fact that I feel like as soon as the impact relationship dropped off, the New Japan one picked up. And I was just wondering if you had any insight on that in general before we move on from this. But where is that phone call going? Why I think it might be going to Kenny Omega or uh-huh. I think it might be going to Kyle O'Reilly, possibly. I, I I think it could go a few ways, but I think Kenny not being on TV anymore doesn't necessarily mean his presence won't be felt, especially if they're going to be losing to goofballs like the Jurassic Express. So I think you might see Kenny be on our screens in interesting ways that don't necessarily mean he has to be, I don't know, experience experiencing vertigo in a ring while wrestling or having no there's, shoulders and still there's wrestling. multiple ways they could they could do this like it's kyle o'reilly's a canadian boy and don Callis is a shit stirrer <laughs> and don Callis probably doesn't like adam cole if kenny omega doesn't like adam cole so what's he trying to do he's trying to get adam cole away from the young bucks what better way to do that than ensure that the original undisputed era is all together the indisputed era as we call them uh i think there's i think there's a lot of meat on the bone here and almost always AEW follows through on stuff like this now i'm not saying that it'll be revealed who's don Callis talking on the phone with because as it turns out people just talk on the phone throughout the day as well but um that is true it does have me wondering who is on the phone with him because why else why else would you show it I will say two things. One, it's so fun having gotten a bang trim and not fiddling with my hair while watching you mm. play with your I hair. Feel, even when my hair's my, my hair's okay, I'm fiddling with it. But I've I've got a haircut scheduled for tomorrow. So oh well, there you go. But I will say too, if you're gonna have phone interactions, I think Paul Heyman showed us that your ringtone has to be that wrestler's theme. <laughs> Well, you don't want it to be Kyle O'Reilly's current theme. That's for Dan. No, 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 no. We're assuming that's Kyle O'Reilly that he's on the phone with. Well, yeah. Yeah, sure. You look great. Jay Blood says, what Jade has done and what AEW accomplished in making her is impressive, but I think the final needs to be a banger. That's why I see Rosa going over. I hope so, but I I think it's got to be Rosa or Jade. I, I really do, because I think it has to be somebody that is perceived as on the championship level of Britt Baker and Ruby Soho's great, but she just lost to Britt Baker on pay-per-view. I'll throw this out there at you. Um, I'm okay with Jade winning if her title reign is a very short and B maybe even an immediate loss. We saw Kira Hogan get signed and we haven't seen very much of her, right? We haven't seen her get signed. Have we? Okay. Did I make that up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's oh, not signed. Right. Well, then never mind. I made that up. But I thought that'd be a really fun thing because they had like a, a brief interaction and I just felt like there was there was something there to dig into. I think it'd be really fun to have Kira Hogan just immediately take it away from her and uh, just, just ang- I think Jade dropping quickly gives her 
the chance to be extremely yeah. angry, which leans into who she is right now and also gives her a chance to kick Smart Mark to the curb if she wants. But I think a loss, her first loss in the company being a title loss, could let her just go destroy bitches as much as she wants. Like, I think that could actually be a very sure. compelling story for her and make the title move to somebody who can sustain it with more success. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash Fightful. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Uh, guys, uh, I know that Excalibur said on one of her dark matches she was signed. She ain't signed full-time because she's working in NWA this weekend. She hasn't worked AEW since October, she being Kiara Hogan. Uh, it was a per-date thing. Well, I, at I least mean, I can blame Excalibur. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you guys. It's just, she's not. I. That's all I can say. So shut up, uh, Excalibur. <laughs> Sawyer says, Excalibur announced the match as Young Bucks versus Chaos instead of Best Friends. Well, that's that's that is correct because Rocky Romero isn't in Best Friends. He's in Chaos, but Chucky is in both of them. So we had a couple of promos. We had an Eddie Kingston promo and a Danielson John Silver package. Oh, I love this. Brian Danielson is playing like I don't want to say I don't want to use the term e drone, but I'm gonna. He's playing the e drone spot. He's like, you know what I wasn't doing? 
At 30 years old, I wasn't goofing around doing funny little skits with my friends. I was winning world championships. And I was like, yeah, play off of that. Why don't why not play off of that? I thought this was incredible. Brian Danielson talking is awesome. He he sells me on fights because I believe everything he said. It helps when you're actually the best in the world doing this right now, possibly, and definitely on a lot of people's Mount Rushmore's, I think, after the run he's been on. It's very easy to pivot from this guy who's really excited to be there wrestling to a guy who is aware that he's the best at this. Like, (laughs) when that's actually true, it makes transitioning from being a face to a heel so easy because you can just be a dick about the fact that you're real good at this. You don't have to scrap an entire character and build up something new. It's just these little tweaks. And for someone who I didn't consider necessarily, like, strong on the mic, this has been such a refreshing uh, turn for him because it's just these slight pivots and he's going to logically run through the dark order here. So I think it's great. If if everybody is singing, you're going to get your fucking head kicked in and then you just yes. go do that. You can be a heel real easily. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm with you there. My God. Thomas LaValle says, what are the chances Johnny Wrestling lines up opposite KO uh, Kyle O'Reilly in an AW ring in January? Uh, lines up opposite of him? With if we're going best friends in the elite, I think pretty good because I think that I think that that um, that is the missing link. And somebody's saying that Hogan uh, wrestled the the dark tapings today. Well, that's good. She ain't signed, uh, but her last taping was uh, like October. But I, I think that Johnny Gargano is the missing like major name for the best friends, and he would fit in with them so well. I agree. I think it's so hard because we are getting to this point where it's like, when is crowded too crowded? And are you going to save room for a Kevin Owens to become Kevin Steen again? Like, at what point do you max out? But it's also like, when there's talent like Johnny Gargano on the market, you're not going to go sign that guy. I'm firmly of the belief that if Tony Khan wanted to just create 17 hours of wrestling a week, he would. Like, he just seems like that kind of guy. Rampage could expand to two hours and everybody would be happy if it's great talent putting on great matches. Who cares how long then, right? So um, I, I think Argata would be a great piece to that. And yeah, I'm with you. A, a best friend slide in would be so much fun there. Dr. Six Fingers Esquire says, I have so many questions about Sean's desk area. He had lotion a few shows ago. Now a hairbrush. Never be normal, Sean. Stay ready. Uh Sean spends a lot of time at his desk writing stories for you guys and chasing things down. Oh, I have a music box. That's precious. Um, what else do I have here? I have beef jerky. It's very bad. Very bad. I bought some in North Carolina because I couldn't find this. This good jerky that I eat. AC's yummy jerky. Couldn't find it there. Uh, gotta have it shipped. Hmm. I've got... Um, Are you MacGyver? I've got... Uh, let's see. I can confirm the hair. I, I'm not going to... They don't pay me anything, so I'm not going to put them on the air, but I've got like this as my, my snack stuff. I, um, I keep a large knife on my desk. How Drew McIntyre of you, kind of. Uh, like yeah, McIntyre yeah. adjacent. I keep a Fightful fanny pack now available at shop.fightful.com here. 
Just I keep right for the holidays. I keep an entire other computer just right here in case I need to grab it and use it. Um, I keep a signed Hillbilly Jim action figure over here. There you go. Hey, Sean, Ryan, where, where did you get that jerky from? Which jerky? Oh, come on. I, I, I ain't shilling. No way. Muted. Ryan says Hogan said in an interview she was signed, but I'm guessing she means in one of their appearance deals. That's exactly what she means. Uh, yeah, she hasn't had a graphic. She's not signed uh, as of yet. Oh, man. FTR death triangle. Now, I, I do think that AEW has been uh, a little too heavy on the rematches and rematch-esque stuff. I think but that's... With with stables, that's kind of harder to avoid in some ways. My thing is with Death Triangle is they've been a quadrilateral at points. Eddie Kingston was with that. Like, I I think we have some clarity around the Death Triangle again, but and and part of that was just because of actual injuries, right? But I'm with uh, you on the running stuff back a little bit too much, and that seems to have been an uptick since Rampage started, in my opinion. Okay, I'm gonna address this. One more time. Rob says, Fightful reported that Kiara Hogan was signed to AEW on November 19th. No. What we reported is that Kiara Hogan said she was signed to AEW. She says that um, she has not, she says that she has been signed, but that doesn't mean anything. Eva Lee said she was signed and she did not have a full-time contract. There has not been a graphic. She is working the NWA pay-per-view this weekend in a title match. I will ask, I will, I will ask again, but let me reiterate because somebody says they're signed does not mean they have a full-time deal. Griff Garrison said he was signed like a year before he was signed because he had a tiered deal. Then this year in July, he got the full-time graphic. I hope I have explained this in a sufficient way. She can say that she signed. That does not mean that we reported that she signed. I would know that because I'm the person who does the reporting at Fightful. She has signed a tiered deal as best I know. Thank I, you. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> is, is signing a tiered deal being signed, but not being Okay, so signed? from what I understand... Based on what Eva Lee had said in late 2020, is that she got like approval from AEW to confirm in an interview that she had been signed to some type of deal. Okay. And I even got people saying, Why are you yelling, SRS? We are all confused. <laughs> I don't know why you think that's yelling. I calmly explained it. And as AJ says, the fifth time's the charm here. I very calmly explained to you the difference I in this. love. And people kept going back and saying, oh, but, oh, but she worked the tapings today. Yes, she did. I had that wrong. I haven't looked at the dark spoilers today. Uh, my apologies. It's really fun to get to do a show with Sean at 11 o'clock on a Friday because I'm just at the end of your week. And I know it's been a long week every week. So it's just fun. Man, 
Uh, I love me some Sova says, speaking of Ivelisse, people have been triggering her on Twitter saying Rosa has wrestled more matches in seven years than her in 17 years. I was next to her at WrestleCade. I said hi to her. Um, that was nice. Uh, but I, I think that some of the shots, like, I don't know if they do her any favors, like, by saying, like, oh, you've got so many students after seven years. That's a little weird. Well, I mean, a lot of people want to train with Thunder Rosa. I think that Ivelisse is very, very talented, but um, I. I don't know what to say at this point, but we had FTR defeating Death Triangle with help from Malachi Black. I think the the finish made sense within the context of uh, of this, and I don't usually like interference or distraction finishes or anything like that. Uh, but I thought it worked here because of the history of Malachi Black, what he does, the blinding, and all that. And the inside the ring action, oh boy, do I love tag team wrestling. I am half with you. I thought it made it made total sense. I just didn't like it. Like there was when there's such great in-ring action, my inclination is I want a clean finish. And I don't think a loss hurts here. Like a clean one doesn't really hurt here. And I also thought the post-match antics were a little overkill. I don't think we need you got to choose your unmasking spots of luchadors with a little bit more tact, I think. This they is they do like, it a lot. They do it a lot, and they used to not do it a lot, and it used to mean a lot. Like, when mm-hmm. it was Penta and Phoenix against each other and somebody went for the mask, that's like a holy crap thing. Now I almost expect it, so it's lost all of the gravity that unmasking a luchador is supposed to have, right? So I just, uh, I would have preferred a clean finish. If you're going to do a distraction finish, this one certainly makes sense. I like it. It's so nice to see Pack back with some regularity. He's so good, man. Sometimes, like, he's gotten a little lost in the shuffle. There were injuries. There were travel issues. But, man, oh, man, he's so quick. His strikes are just like, ow. And him and Malachi Black was a pairing that I was, like, very much looking forward to seeing them face each other with the styles that they work. So this was great. I just don't like distraction finishes. Um, but this one made sense in the context of what they were doing and the, all the post-match stuff I could have done without. I, I, I'll wait and see how that goes. I, Evangelina Grace says FTR's theme playing while the camera zooms on Malachi's face was my sense of humor. I love that. <laughs> uh, Ken says, if we're heading to Death Triangle versus House of Black, who do you think joins Malachi and Brody as their third? It should be Pac. It should be I- Pac. This should be him this should be his way of recruiting. I don't think there's a better fit there. And Chris says, I didn't think pack would ever look more menacing, but the eye patch does the trick. Alex has been asking for it for a very long time, a very long time. And he's finally got it. So that makes me very happy. And Dr. Six fingers Esquire says, I'm grateful for how AEW has reduced wrestlers time on the road compared to previous generations, but the amount of travel issues during COVID seems to negate some of those benefits death triangle has been hit hardest by it they sure have like it's it's gotten to the point like quite frankly kate i don't look at a ufc card until like the day before i don't bother because until the weigh-ins happen i don't believe a fight's gonna happen with death triangle i i wait until maybe a day or two before and i look at the AEW dynamite card and i'm like okay well this match is hopefully gonna happen now yeah and Part of that is, one, AEW is incredibly stable-heavy, and two, like, you don't need the triangle part. 
like the two of them are fine as a tag team, obviously. So it's almost like that feels supplementary anyway. So when it's missing, it's not like, oh, that's so gut wrenching in, in any way, shape or form other than the fact like that you want to see that person on your television. But it's not like some some great void is now there because they're just so good on their own anyway. Cowboy Flint says FTR's amazing entrance and gear. That's it. That's the Humper chat. Uh, head over to humperchats.com, guys. That's the most direct way to support us on this stream. Get your question or statements read on the air. I see a bunch of you in the chat asking questions. Uh, donate a super chat or a humper chat. That's how it gets done. Makovsky says, Give me Malachi versus Pack for 20 minutes, and I'm sure they'll be talked about in match of the year contender combo. Uh, also, give me Malachi or Andrade beating Sammy. Who do you think beats Sammy? I mean, obviously, uh, we appreciate that super chat, but that is a, of course, that would be a, a top, a top match of the year. But who do you think beats Sammy? Um, I, I hope it's Scorpio Sky. I really do. Um, I a lot of people were saying MJF. I actually threw this question out on Twitter not that long ago of like. Tony Khan has had his champions planned. Who are your, your next of the secondary title? Cause that's an interesting conversation too. I really, really want it to be Scorpio sky for a lot of reasons. Um, I feel like MJF and Cole and punk and Danielson are like ahead of that. And I, for some reason, it doesn't feel like Eddie Kingston either to me. So I'm, I'm going to say Scorpio sky and, and that might just be me following my heart. What do you think? I think one of those three, I think Andrade, Malachi, or um, Pac should probably do it right now. I think that'd be a good one. See, I think that's my other thing is I want Sammy to have it a little bit longer because I feel like his ring just started going. But if you're talking about right now, Andrade needs something. And that would be really sure. great. Joseph says, I'm glad I'm not the only one who thinks the unmasking spot is overplayed. Thank you. And oh. Ian says, just remember the FTR theme is an updated version that the backseat boys used to use. RIP Trent Acid. He was one of my faves in the mid-2000s. Oh, I used to use him on EWR back in the day when I'd play that. August 3 says, can't wait to see the black and right eye of Pac when the eye patch comes off, marking him as a member of the House of Black. That is, I mean, if you're, that's as, that's as far into lore as I'm comfortable than going. <laughs> so yes, I'd be okay with that. And I love me some services. When do you see Pac possibly getting a run with the AW world title 2022, 2023 or later? I have to believe he's going to get a run with the belt. Um, I don't as of now. I don't think that he's getting one. I'm hearing an echo, by the way. You are? Yeah. I'm sorry. Echo. Yeah, echo. Oh. But oh. I don't think he's going to get a run with it. Do you, what do you think? No, I don't think he needs it. But I think that I think he could need it. It's just I don't think that it's in the cards for him. Ryan Sullivan says just realized Diamante is in the mobile game, which Aubrey said was only for signed talent. That makes her situation even odder. Uh, and I will, I again, I will ask about uh, Kiara Hogan again. I will ask about Eva Lee. So I'm going to ask about all of them. I've got a bunch of uh, statuses on A to B wrestlers coming to Fightful Select dot com over the next uh week or so so i'll take a look at that and I'll, I'll do my best to get you all answers but while kate works on her audio i 
We'll tell you guys about Four Sigmatic Coffee. It's fantastic. I'm giving this actually to some family members uh, for Christmas and kind of let them in on the scoop ski a little bit early. And they're very excited about hearing about it. Uh, I had never tried coffee before this and I really enjoyed it. I'm trying to get my caffeine in different ways. And I had the opportunity to try out Four Sigmatic Coffee. You can go to foursigmatic.com slash Fightful. Use that code Fightful. Get 20% off your order. One of the functional ingredients that you'll love is those cordyceps mushrooms. Now, it doesn't make this taste like mushrooms. It's not a cooking mushroom. It kicks your productivity and performance into high gear. Uh, The taste of this coffee is rich and smooth. It's perfect with all those added benefits. They've got over 30,000 five-star reviews, and they back their product with a 100% money-back guarantee. You either love it or it is free. There is no risk. So if you've tried other coffees, if you haven't tried coffee, you're you're a first-timer like me, this is the perfect opportunity. You're not wasting money. I don't get a jittery feeling. It's easier on the gut. You're, You're more focused. You're energetic on top of your game. You can go there right now, foursigmatic.com. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash Fightful. Use the coupon code Fightful at checkout and save 20% on anything you want. Money back guarantee, hot diggity freaking dog. There's nothing to lose here. Foursigmatic.com slash Fightful. And hey, hit them up on Twitter. At Four Sigmatic, let them know you heard about them from us. Am I no longer echoey? I hope. Let me see. Hello, yeah, no more echo. Hot dog. Here's hey guys. the thing. I'm having what? some tech issues. I've gone to Best Buy like three times. I can forgive them for misdiagnosing Trash. what's going on with my computer. Did you go to Geek well, Squad? People, I did go to the Geek Squad because the Apple Bar people not helpful either. Things happen. All right. I will never forgive them for taking away my Vanna White moment on this show. How dare they? How oh, dare they? That's true. And this is a new one. Well, you, well we run the, the, the videos on NXT, so you don't get the opportunity to I do know. that. But Oh, we're heading into SmackDown. Get those super chats, those humper chats in. A reminder, uh, Denise and I will be here on Sunday, but we have tons of interviews here at Fightful.com. YouTube.com slash Fightful. Terry Allen Jr. said, did the 2K22 trailer convince you to play? Well, I'm going to play it anyway. I'm going to review it. Um, I don't get as excited for wrestling video games these days, but I thought it looked all right. I did. I thought it looked okay. We're actually going to start off on SmackDown with the Shayna versus Sasha match because I think the open and close of the show tie in together. Stephen Levi says, did you guys hear that Pat McAfee called Shayna's kick to Nia and Eva a future Endeavors kick after her video package? I did not like that at all. There's always going to be those people that are like, oh, you want more want more realism in your wrestling, right? I don't want to tap dance on the grave of anybody that just lost their job, regardless of if I like them in the ring or not. And I didn't like either one of those two in the ring. But, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I hate that. Stop doing that. We want more real-world stuff. We don't want you reminding us that you released, like, 200 talents in the past two years. That's not what we meant by that. We meant we wanted you to acknowledge history, acknowledge promotions that you put on, like NXT and NXT UK. 
call Piper Niven, Piper Niven, and not Dewdrop. Things like that. Acknowledge things in your own world, not stuff like, hey, how can we rub salt in the wounds of people who we just let go of their dream jobs? Not into that at all. The match, however, I was very into this match. And it had a clean finish. That shouldn't feel like a separate victory, but it does. Oh. So I, I had some conversations with people about this victory. And before that, I want to say I love the two cells from Sasha on the knees. Like the, the first corner, the corner knee, I couldn't tell where it hit, when it hit, how it hit. I just knew it hit because she sold like she got hit with a shotgun or she got shot with a shotgun. The second one where she just sold, she was on her knees and went flat back. Oh my God, she's so good at that. Now, I had people, and I'm not, not trying to bully them or anything, but they're like, oh my gosh, a roll-up win. No, that's not a roll-up win. A, a backslide, a small package, an inside cradle, um, any, any number of things, an Oklahoma roll, an Okada roll. Those, a roll-up traditionally has been the schoolboy roll-up where you go on the inside of the leg, you roll the person over, you take them off balance, and you pin them while they sit there kicking their arms and all that. And in WWE, there have been very few schoolboy victories that I've seen where it looks like the person is honest to God pinned. Because when you want to do that, you want to put your weight on their, their thighs and their shoulders. That way they can't kick out and they can't get a shoulder up. That's not what this is. This was a Hurricane Rana into a beautiful pin from Sasha Banks. And I, I understand that it's not as satisfying as bam, finish, pin. But the point of the match is to pin the opponent's shoulders to the mat. Like, I, I didn't leave as a kid watching British Bulldog and Bret Hart and seeing that that beautiful counter of a sunset flip pin and go, he snuck one out. No, I was like, British Bulldog won. He won the match. Oh, my God, he won the match. Even Barry Horowitz with an inside cradle on Skip years later. I was like, they didn't say... Horowitz snuck one. They said Horowitz wins. I think WWE has done a lot of conditioning to make it seem like any finish that isn't bam, finisher, pin, is like scummy for some reason. And it's just not. It's It was just a good pin. It was a good pin. And like, to your point, it was also not isolated in the finish, which I really like. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with winning with any version of a roll-up, a small pack, anything that looks like that is okay if you're not, A, abusing it, and B, it looks like the person getting pinned could never have possibly seen it coming or whatever. Like, when there's punishment that's leading into it that puts somebody in a compromised position, that is a much more believable and viable thing. So I am with you on that. Uh, at the fear of reigniting a conversation that I started last week about Riho which was not about me hating Riho or Joshi at all. It, for me, my issue with Riho last week was there are certain moves that she does that are harder for me to believe that someone of her sure. size. Uh, would, weighted pins are one of them. Weighted pins, uh, throwing forearms and punches is not something that like works, but there are things that you can do as someone who is a smaller competitor against a larger competitor that's very convincing. Brian Danielson, not a huge dude. I can buy into him beating Brock Lesnar or Will Hobbs or whoever because of the skill set that he uses. Sasha is really, really great at using a skill set that fits her size against opponents of any size, but I guess especially against someone like Shayna Baszler as well. 
that meteora is awesome. I stay oh, in it. It's amazing. I appreciate it so much, but that is something she's very good at. And that goes to her ring acumen overall. She does a lot of things psychologically that were great. You weren't here last week, but there was a moment where I think it was Naomi was on the outside of the ring trying to recover. And she just snuck in there and delivered a backstabber. And it was like, oh God, that's so perfect. Like she just snuck in, gave Naomi an extra beat to get herself back in the ring. Like little things like that. She is really good at and has grown in that department, I think, tremendously. But just the awareness of your size, making things look believable is something that I feel like is an underrated strength of hers. And I, I just loved seeing that in this match in so many different ways. Sasha Banks is one of my favorite workers to watch in the ring period. Um, it, It's always felt like there's some like Nakamura influence there with her, yes. her knee base, with the knee based offense and stuff. And I, I just I love that. Love that. And Sasha getting the win makes sense here. I'm good with that. Nothing that makes sense is happy talk. Madcap Moss and Baron Corbin, this gimmick sucks ass. It's not entertaining. It's not heat in the right way. Uh, I wasn't like, oh, yay, Drew McIntyre and Jeff Hardy beat him up. I wasn't like that. I was like, get him off my TV. Get, get it the hell away from me. I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want to watch it anymore. I, I'm over it. Now what, now what I'm interested in is Jeff Hardy and Drew McIntyre fighting one another because Drew McIntyre at all costs wants to get back to the title and he will beat up anybody, even people that he likes. See Ricochet, for example. He liked Ricochet. He beat Ricochet's ass. Um, that's the most interesting thing that came out, come out of this for me because Jeff Hardy is perpetually over. So either Drew beats Jeff, hopefully that's the direction they're going, and he moves closer to the title or Jeff beats Drew and they have another perpetually over person to challenge for Roman uh, down the line. Yeah, I I haven't been a fan of this from the beginning, but it's also getting worse because it's the same crap every week. Like this happy talk segment is so stupid. It doesn't do anybody any favors yeah. because I don't buy that Drew gives a crap about this. I don't buy that Jeff Hardy gives a crap about this. There are ways to get to them fighting each other that don't involve this stupid segment. And on top of it not being great, it's also incredibly redundant. And we don't even see them in the ring that much. Also, they barely acknowledged, and they did so with like this ha-ha wink and a nod thing, that Baron Corbin eliminated Moss from the Rumble last week. Like, I know they acknowledged Oh, you mean the Battle Royal? Yeah. The Battle Royal. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just don't. I don't, there needed to be something more there for me. If that's, if that's going to be something you talk about, then at least go in on it. Make it so obvious that Corbin played him like a fiddle and that Moss is an idiot or make it so that Moss at least had some level of being uncomfortable with the fact that he was eliminated. So I just hated all of this. My dad always says like, you can't complain that the food at a restaurant was bad and that the portions are too small, which is kind of what <laughs> just i i never need to see this segment again and i would be fine it feels cruel but i liked yeah. him better when he was sad speaking of shit i never need to see again uh viking raiders against los lotharios which i was very excited for because i love both of these teams i begged for a year for them to put humberto carrillo with angel garza from from quite literally maybe the second time i ever saw humberto i thought his cousin has exactly what he's missing mm -hmm. uh that was that was it and now they work great together but they're winning with a distraction from rick boogs that backfired 
with a roll-up pin on a much larger opponent, which is hard for me to buy. And then after that, the people who caused the distraction that led to the finish, like you would think the Viking Raiders, these, these borderline feral humans you would be led to believe, go out and dance with them instead of beating that ass. Everybody looked stupid here. Everybody looked stupid. Angel Garza and Humberto had to win with a backfired distraction. Viking Raiders fell for the distraction. But Boogs and Nakamura couldn't distract the right people. Meanwhile, afterwards, Viking Raiders didn't care that this team cost them anything. As, as Eloquent put, they didn't care that they lost. This made everybody look stupid or bad. And one of them is your intercontinental champion and has not defended the title in like two and a half months now. I, this was, this was so stupid on so many levels to your point. Like they distracted the wrong people. The people that lost didn't care. They lost and just wanted to rock out on the guitar to an absolute banger. Like I, I just, (laughs) Shinsuke Nakamura is this, this is what we're doing with Shinsuke Nakamura, the guy that carried New Japan on his back for like a decade. He won Royal Rumble. He's your IC champ. Like it's I I don't know why he even wants to hang out with Rick Boogs. I don't know if they're a tag team or if they're not. Like, I just can't believe you have a title wrapped up in the stupidity. And I can't believe that yeah. the stupidity is unfolding. In why have him life. why have him in this why have the title on him if he's not going to defend it. Like it's been, it's been October, the 20 October 22nd SmackDown and no, no, he didn't defend it. Then that was just a, a match that happy Corbin beat him in. And then it was, they called it the intercontinental title contenders match. If you remember, and then happy Corbin never got a title match off of that because that doesn't mean he gets a title shot. It just means a non-title match. His last time he defended this title was September 24th against Apollo Cruz. Um, he has defended it one time, one time, listen, listen to me one time since he got it April, uh, since August 14th or August 13th, he has defended that title one time. We're going on three and a half freaking months here. And he wrestled Apollo Crews like for like six years to get that title. All for what? Like, what was the point of dropping if you're just going to what's the point of winning a title to then go not do anything with it and to actively be on a tag team? It just, yeah, it's perplexing and it's bad. Zaya leaving yet. They're very good. She's going to debut next week. We have uh, a bit of a news update on her on fightfulselect.com. So uh, check that out. Uh, but I, I'm excited to see Zaya Lee there. We also saw a ricochet uh, video package as well, which I like them doing video packages for people. I'm all for it. But uh, th- there's not much to this outside of they're highlighting these people as as they should ahead of them doing literally anything. <laughs> well said. I have nothing to add to that. It just I, I never <laughs> believe that it's doing literally everything. Anything is like just yeah. perfect blankets. It's just I wish they would utilize these better in feuds or setting up matches. Like give us a break from someone, uh, yeah. and then run one of these videos. Well, Cesaro and Sheamus, also another one that I was like, oh, cool. I'm so excited for this. And then it lasted three minutes, Kate. 
one of the best teams of the last 15 years. I was like, damn, okay, well, they're building up Sheamus, like, for something. And, and and I do like that they had him, like, I don't give a damn about Riddick, or I almost said Riddick Moss. Um, might as well be Riddick Moss. I don't give a damn about uh, Ridge Holland um, as and this fanboy thing he's doing. So I'm okay. glad they had Cesaro win that to lead to this. But now it's like, okay, Sheamus won. I'm ready to yeah. move on then. But that's another guy that lost in his debut. And on top of that, this match being three minutes is bad enough on its own. But Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com, I don't know if you saw this, he tweeted the time of the main event from when the bell rang to yeah. when it actually started. And there was like a 23-minute gap or something insane. Oh, no, 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 no. It was like a 28-minute gap. A 28, even better. Yeah. Even better. Um, So, like, the, if you're wondering where they could have made time on the show, there's a spot. Maybe there was at least... There was at least six, seven minutes they could have cut from that for sure. Oh, six, seven minutes. Easily. Even if they went through a commercial break with the match, it would have been better than what they did. Um, Just don't do this match if it's going to be three minutes, unless there's a real good reason for it. Well, Jimmy Jimmy Uso rather against King Woods and uh, Sir Kofi is back, which is great to see. I mean, he had, he uh, gave birth, or he didn't give birth. His wife gave birth to a child last week. Congratulations. Uh, but great to see him back. I thought Xavier did really good on his own as well. Yes. Uh, and and uh, I, I love that. I love seeing how versatile they are. And then the match ends in a DQ. Sure did, Sean. Sure ended in a DQ, and it's a match I've seen 478 times. So... I've seen it a bunch, but at least it was pointless. Makes me so just like, mm. why? I love me. Why? I love me some Sova says Xavier calling Caleb the town gossip made me laugh. That <laughs> Xavier's so good. He's so good so at everything, good. man. So good. And I do, I have to say, I love seeing the King gimmick actually get used in like this very regal way. Like that's just oh. a very fun. Thing. We haven't seen that in years and years. It's different. He's not adopting like a, a like treat like he's not talking down on people. He's he's doing it very tongue in cheek, but he's got new gear. He's got the new theme. He's he's just referring to himself as the king because he earned it. He his his best friend is along for the ride. His best friend's like, you want me to be your sir? I'll be your sir. God damn it! Anything that makes your dream come true because you were there for me when I made mine come true. Kofi has not forgotten that. So I love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, I get the feeling you don't still love Sonia and Naomi, uh, <laughs> which apparently is happening next week. I'll have some, I think I've got some news that I haven't posted about like the back and forth of Sonia, like coming back, maybe coming back. That should be on Fightful Select next week. But Naomi was like, I'm challenging you to a match. Sonia slaps her in the face and she's like, yeah, okay. I've loved the slow build. Um, understandably, and I, I don't care if somebody calls, I know somebody's going to call me an SJW for it. They they should make it very clear this isn't racially motivated because that's what a lot of people immediately jump to over things like that. And if it's not, they should very clearly establish such. Uh, Yes. So I like slow builds. I don't like eternal builds. And I also don't like builds 
that could have happened sooner at a more meaningful time than we're getting this payoff now in a month where there's no pay-per-view? Is this going to extend to day one? Like, why don't you do this on a pay-per-view? Why don't you do this on your boring Survivor Series card where you said The Rock was going to come out and didn't? So I, uh, I loved what was going on here. It's just dragged on too long. I'm excited for the payoff. Like, they've accomplished that. I just wanted that payoff to happen, like, a month ago. Um, but, yeah, I'm ready to see Naomi beat her up. And also, this whole time, and I hope I've clearly communicated this, if there's real-life trauma and stuff that's preventing Sonia from getting back in the ring in any way, that is the first priority in all of this. But I'm excited for, for this blow-off to finally happen. And... We also saw Drew's big ass sword in this segment shortly after. That we did. Uh, Doctor Six cool. Fingers Esquire, uh, by the way, says Shinsuke and Boog sounds to me like if uh, someone, like if Vince came up with Rusev Day based solely on those weekly reviews. My condolence to those men. I mentioned this, I think, on Tuesday, but we need to give him credit for being an Esquire and a doctor and the amount of student loan debt that Dr. Six Fingers Esquire probably has. That's a lot of education. That's a, that is a good point. And yeah, I hope he got some scholarships. Well, I know there's a part that we're going to disagree on. Tony Storm cuts a promo backstage and it's very clearly overly scripted for her. I think when it comes to delivering over scripted stuff, she delivers it about as well as I've seen. Now, I saw you and Alex discussing the content of that promo, which I'm not pretending was good. <laughs> uh, Tony Two Pies was one of them. Uh, but I thought she delivered it really, really well compared to a lot of the, the robotic, like, Tony Two Pies. Oh, I guess I'm Tony Two Pies <laughs> type of thing. That was alarmingly then, accurate of a lot of And then of them. Charlotte got hit with a pie, by the way, because that's what they do. They hit each yeah. other with pies. Uh, I felt like Tony Storm was, it sounded like she was reading out of a children's book a little bit, delivery-wise. Really? Yeah, I didn't, like, love it. I do think it's better than some of the work we've seen out of Shotzi, maybe. Um, and and to your point, those robotic, we joke about it all the time, with the you people and the you bitch stuff. Like, not only is the content of that garbage, but it is this, like, WWE cadence, right? Um but yeah, and she also just got to the main roster. So I think wasn't my favorite, but I, I think the potential is there for her to be one of the more natural talkers on there. Yeah. Pies. Why not? You have a 13 time champion there. How about pie? Ain't that the truth? Uh, guys, we're heading down the home stretch. Get in your super chats and your humper chats at humperchats.com. Uh, reminder, Grapsity goes live at noon Eastern on Saturday. Come check that out as well. They're going to talk Nick about Lee Moriarty's MF Doom mask, and I can't uh, wait to watch that conversation because Reg is going to lose his mind. <laughs> Drew says, I had friends over tonight. They watched SmackDown and Rampage. They're casual WWE viewers. One had never heard of AEW. An exact quote about SmackDown was, wow, this is corny now. They love the presentation of Rampage and want to go to a live show. I think every fan should wrestling fan should at least go to the uh, to at least one live AEW show. It's it's a fun experience. I mean, I don't know how that will last. You know what I mean? Like go as the it becomes more of a regular thing. But 
to kick off SmackDown, as reported by FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe today. Sean, I can't. I'm not a millionaire. It's not like mm. it's just $5 a month. It's like it's like 66 cents or 16 cents, 30 cents a day, something like that. Five bucks a month. The most affordable, exclusive wrestling news source there is. Well, that, that actually reports news, I guess, because I'm sure that somebody could start one up for a buck and be like, now we are an exclusive news source, but they just wouldn't have any news. That's a good, but, that's a good point. Yeah, it is a good point. It is a great point. Brock Lesnar kicks off the show, and he's interrupted by Sami Zayn. Brock Lesnar does not follow the product, which I love, because why would he? He's got other shit to do. Brock Lesnar is all of us. So Sami Zayn <laughs> acquaints himself, and he's like, oh, we're not so different, you and I, besides the UFC titles and the WrestleMania main events. <laughs> and Brock's like, oh, Canadian. Canadian, that's fun. Uh, I live in Canada so I can hunt, kill, and eat things, and that's why. And Sammy's like, oh, I see. And Brock is fantastic in this segment. He's phenomenal. Now, there are a whole lot of people that were always under the impression he couldn't talk and probably never watched him in the UFC. He was one of the most charismatic UFC fighters of all time. But he came back to WWE. He had a couple bad promos, and he said, go get Paul. So what did they do? They go and went and got Paul. That's what you do. You go get Paul when the man says go get Paul. And that's how it's been for the last. You go get Paul if you can go get Paul. Yes. Across the board, I feel like. (laughs) So for eight years, there you go. But um, I thought Brock killed it here. He bullied Sami Zayn into, I guess, cashing in his title match tonight on SmackDown, including backstage. When Sammy tried to be like, because why wouldn't Sammy go to Sonya and say, hey, I don't want to do this. And Brock just followed him. He's like, oh, no, you're gonna. Brock killed it here. I loved so much about this. I loved Sammy Zayn's reactions. Like, of, because, I don't know, to me that came across as like, I also want to hunt and kill people. Like, it felt very most dangerous gamey. My notes just say, you can't hunt people, though, Brock. Um, I, I loved this. And I also was wondering how they were going to get out of Sammy winning this title shot and them not doing it, right? Like, at a pay-per-view or in a major spot. Um, and I just love the idea of Brock bullying him it wasn't like he outsmarted him really he just intimidated the hell out of Sami Zayn which I'll tell you what yeah Brock Lesnar's a pretty intimidating guy so that works but he has been so fun in this role and I think people are starting to see that like as much as this is the Roman we've wanted this whole time we're also getting a Brock that we've wanted I think for a really long time something that's a little bit different I'm gonna have Brock hunt down the geek squad to fix whatever's wrong with your internet connection Eloquent says, remember when Sami Zayn was NXT's best baby face? I thought for this role, he was fine. He was he was a part of building a bigger match. And part of that was him coming out, or actually the video for this main event started at 10.28 p.m. Eastern. The actual match didn't start until 10.56 or 8, 9.56 Eastern. Whatever the hell it was, it was 28 minutes. 28 minutes, because... They had the video, they had Sammy come out, they had a commercial, they had Brock come out, then Brock beat the shit out of Sammy, said he was going to be in his corner, 
and he beat him up. Went to another commercial, came back. After the commercial, they did the full Roman Reigns entrance. Holy cow. Like this, do the entrance during the commercial break. I promise you, I love Roman Reigns. I love the entrance. I've seen it enough to where I can see it during the commercial. I'll be all right. Well, you could have applied those four minutes to Cesaro and Sheamus. I just don't, I just can't imagine the live experience either. I always go back to that. Like you're just sitting there for 25 minutes when I could be buying chicken tenders or something. Like I, I came to see matches like I, not a bunch of guys stand around. I, I would find that very, very boring if I was there live, but what a, what a tremendous waste of time. <laughs> Zeke Jackson says, hi, Sean. Hi, Kate. Cinnamon rolls coming soon. I want, I'm curious why have the BR just to replace Zane? Uh, what's Sonia Naomi's beef and two tie two pie, Tony. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I think this was just, just a means to an end. This was a way for them to add to Roman Reigns accolades, ha- technically have a world title match on this show. Hey, by the way, FightfulSelect.com, before tonight's SmackDown, reported there would be a universal title match on the show. So, hot dog, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Um, but I just think it was a way to further Lesnar and Reigns, and that's okay. And Sami Zayn's the kind of guy that can get beat up by Brock Lesnar, then eat a spear and get choked out with a guillotine in 18 seconds and be all right. Quite frankly, I don't think Sami Zayn is hurt by this. And if you think he's buried or hurt by it, I don't know what to tell you. Quite literally, the two most protected male wrestlers in the last 20 years beat him up and did their guys? did their finishes to him. I don't think it hurt Sami Zayn. I would have just rather have seen them have an actual match. I would have too. I, like, I know it would be a bitching that, match. You know? It'd be a great yeah, match. Exactly. And Let he's he's got a qualm now. He's got a reason. But then again, you know what? So did Shinsuke Nakamura earlier this year when they they did the swerve and Adam Pierce was the last gauntlet guy. And they they never went there. They never followed up on that story. So will they follow up on it? Highly doubt it. No. Ken says it's interesting to see the difference in how KO and Sammy are booked with the knowledge their contracts are coming up soon. Shows you who they value. I think that Sammy's value is something far different than a lot of people. He can provide that comic relief, but in the ring, you can believe that he will snag an inside cradle and beat anybody. It's not that unbelievable to think that that would happen. Mustafa says Roman was positioned as the baby face in the main event with Sammy Zayn healing it up. Phil Heyman is turning and Brock winning at day one. Roman turns face and wins his second rumble. I don't want this. Um, Brock was the baby face in this match. Brock yeah. was the baby face in the Zayn versus Roman match. Brock is the baby face now. And this is the most interested I've been in Brock in a very, very long time. Consistently. You can say, oh, well, the, the money in the bank briefcase, he didn't hold that very long. So uh, that was entertaining and fun, but he didn't hold it very long and he should have held it longer. But that's another rant for another podcast. But I, this is the most interested I've been in Brock in, in quite a long time. But in a Sami Zayn or in a Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar program, Sami Zayn is not going to be the the featured player there. That's just not realistic. No. And if you watch AEW last week, 
like Lee Moriarty wasn't used in a story with CM Punk to build a story between Lee Moriarty and CM Punk. He was sure. used to move MJF and, and Punk along, right? So sometimes that's just a good wrestling device where you can use somebody else to further the story between two other guys. It keeps you from having to run back, I don't know, 900 rematches about the same thing. <laughs> guys, I've given you all the plugs all day, so I'm not even going to bother doing it again tonight. Uh, but couple of, of news items I wanted to touch on before we went. Kate, did you see the controversial Eric Bischoff article today? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I actually didn't. Oh my gosh. So those of you who uh, are, have sensitive ears, please, please. I mean, this man had no regard for common human decency for uh, any number of things, but it's funny. Uh, one of my, one of our writers, Gisberto hit me up last night and he said, Hey, I'm going to add this to fight size tomorrow. And I said, Oh no, buddy, that's a full article. You're doing that. This is, this is a full article. It will, it will, Get the people talking. And as soon as I find it, here we go. The headline is, fuck no, that's stupid. Eric Bischoff says cheese doesn't belong on burgers. And here's the direct quote, Kate. He says, quote, fuck no, that's stupid. I don't even put ketchup or mustard on my burger. I put nothing. Well, I season it. First of all, I get the best ground beef I can get, organically grown. I season it very well, and I'm looking for pretty lean ground beef. I season it, grill it on a nice reverse sear, medium rare. It's so good, I don't know why you'd want to put other shit on it. Why? I Then you can't taste the burger so much. Why would you go through all the trouble grilling a burger and then cover it up with other food objects? Why not throw some Doritos on there so it's crunchy? Anybody out there that's ever had a peanut butter and jelly hamburger? Let me know. I guarantee you somebody's done it end quote. Now, earlier this year, I had posted a tweet that said, I need every restaurant to stop putting shredded lettuce on burgers by default. And he said, don't even get me started. I have a good relationship with Eric Bischoff, know him, like him, respect him, uh, consider him a nice acquaintance, learned a lot from him. However, hearing what he is saying now, my tweet does not represent that. I just don't want shredded lettuce on my burger because oh, it no. falls off. Yeah, I give want... me a spinach I'm good with. Yeah, or a good leafy lettuce or something. I just don't, want... Yeah, I don't want I don't want shredded. Yeah. yeah, give me any of that. I don't give a damn. Now, I get it. Get that good, organically grown ground beef, lean. Yeah, that's what you want. That's good. I respect that. However, ooh, man, sometimes, depending on where you are, 
An onion can be good on a burger. Ketchup can be good on a burger. Well, let's what? let's start with. Hmm, we should probably do another six hours on this, but I mean, here, um, we're here to talk. Our yeah. super chats are light. If the people have something to say, they can donate super chats and humper chats and tell us about their burgers. I can't believe I missed this. First of all, and thank you yeah. to whatever two two hundred and eighty retweets. Boy, when your boy knows, your boy knows. And I said, full article, Gisberto. Who was the brave soul that asked about this in the first place? I just wanted to it thank was, them. It was on after it was on uh, after eighty three weeks okay. on a Q and A thing. Now I did reach out to Conrad Thompson, and he says I asked him for a statement. He said eighty three weeks is currently recruiting a new co host. Hope Alba is game. As a fat man, I am deeply offended. And then he sent the and I took that personally, Michael Jordan meme now i called out john alba and i said why haven't you commented on this and he took the coward's way out and agreed with eric bischoff uh john alba being cowardly it's a it's a friday could you be surprised i was gonna say like and i thought i my respect for alba was already in the basement but it's just below ground now he can complain about the wave all he wants but if he's just gonna side if he's gonna sit here and and justify this lie that cheese doesn't automatically make pretty much everything better i don't even want to know john alba you know what and I, mean? I, I need a good piece of like cheddar cheese some okay you know what sometimes oh, here, here's my perfect burger combo if it's homemade a good nice quality bun i don't want some crappy bun no give me like a good a good situation. Yeah. yeah, a grilled burger, and then I want freshly cut cold tomato slice. I go no, no. Tomato. I go, I go, I go tomato. I then we were talking bruschetta on my Twitter earlier. Don't even get me started on bruschetta and what bruschetta that is. Get out of town with bruschetta. Oh, yeah. do you want salsa with no flavor? Get out of town with bruschetta. No, I don't want bruschetta. But I take you know a good quality bun. A nice, almost rounded on the on the ends burger. Piece of cheddar cheese. You know what? If you got a if it got a good quality piece of American cheese, I'll take a craft singles on it. I'm all right with it. I'm oh, okay yeah. with it. And then lettuce. And then oh, I I can take that. You know, there there's some fast food joints that have surprisingly good burgers. Like if you're in a pinch, if you're in a real pinch. Like a Wendy's Junior Bacon Cheeseburger with no mayo, I can handle that. Uh, although the buns are trash these days, they are trash. Um, don't usually like McDonald's burgers, but if you get a quarter pounder with cheese, no seasoning. Don't at specifically ask for no seasoning on that patty because it's like, oh, it's so gross and salty. Oh my god, the seasoning that they put on it is not the seasoning that actual humans should yeah. put on it. You got the tomato, the lettuce. Throw some bacon on there. That that can be all right in a pinch. But the the reality is, you gotta wait. You gotta wait like five feet away, and they go, "I we'll have to bring it out to you." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. Special order, bro. Been there." What I don't like are burgers that like In and Out. Like people are like, "Oh, you gotta try In and Out. You gotta try In and Out." I got a Overrated. diner in every town in Kentucky that's got burgers better than that. In and Out is the overrated. Hell off. In and Out is overrated. Shake Sesame Shack seed bun. I, you know what? I, I feel like maybe I've had one from Shake Shack, but I don't know. Um, Whataburger was pretty solid. That was all right. Um, sesame seed bun, like sesame seed bun. 
if anybody knows of places like fast food places that have surprisingly good burgers, let me know. Sonic sucks. Never, never Sonic. Um, Burger King can be okay. Can be okay. Um, Allie says, Sean, they have a Shake Shack and Lex. Well, you know what? You've, you've never taken me there. You and your sister have never taken me there. What, what can I say? Five guys is all right. A lot of people are bringing up five guys. Zeke says, homemade brioche buns work miracles, FYI. Ooh, 80 to 20 fat lean ratio for your ground beef. Use some duck fat to cook the meat in. That sounds great. That sounds fantastic. Uh, and, and when we're talking like, what was that? What is, what was that, Kate Hensler? She can't even hear me right now. Look at her, just staring off into the distance. Kate Hensler at Kate on Deck IC. Just just abandoning me, staring with her bangs. Look at her freezing up. She giggled and then mid just froze. My God. You know what? Wahlburgers was pretty good. Had Wahlburgers once. Burger Fi, pretty solid. Pretty solid. Like, to me, if I'm going to eat one, like, I've, I've been trying to clean up my diet. If I eat a cheat meal, it's going to be a good burger or pizza. And then otherwise, I'm probably not going to mess with it. Hmm. Kate, tell the people where they can find you. Or don't! Or don't! My God. Pedro says, we're taking 2021 by Eric Bischoff. Wow. Here I am trying to generate conversation, trying to generate super chats. She's gone. Look at <laughs> She's completely gone. This is, this is ridiculous. Until next time, guys, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.